Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Astra Tea. That was the song of the week, One in a Million by Neo. And this is a weekly conversation that we have every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Take a closer look at the transits and the cosmic energy for the week ahead. So go ahead and join our room and our group here on Clubhouse and share the stream out with your friends, share it out to your family so that they can get all of the tea as well. If you have not already, join our email list and don't forget to purchase your copy of the Astro Tea Journal. That's available on Amazon. Just go to the link here at the top of the room to receive all that exclusive tea. Hey, Soul. Hey, y'all. Happy Sunday. Happy full moon and Aries. We got the new uh, full moon report coming out um, a little bit later today. So check out in uh, in your email inbox. Wow, I cannot talk today. <laughs> check out your email inbox later today for that information. And y'all know how it goes. We're going to break down the transits of the upcoming week from the perspectives of astrology. And then Empress will give her insight on the corresponding tarot cards for that day. And then we'll have a conversation at the end on stage. But anything that you want to share during the episode, please feel free to use the room chat and then we'll get to your comments throughout the episode. So if you want to grab some tea, get your Asto Tea Journal. We're going to just get right into it. We got a lot to talk about this week. It's like the calm before the storm. We got October. If y'all have peeped, it's a very active month in terms of planets in retrograde, shifting out of retrograde and vice versa. We got the sun and Venus moving into Scorpio on the same day later this month. It's just a lot going on. So any calmer weeks that we get are really great times for us to, you know, go within and do some introspection and get prepared for like the more heavy hitting transit. So I think that's kind of what this week is that we're getting into. So tomorrow, Monday, October 10th, Fresh off the full moon in Aries, we have Mercury going back into Libra. After its time being retrograde, it shifted back through Libra into Virgo, went direct in Virgo, and now it's back in Libra. So after this intense full moon, Mercury is offering the ability to repair relationships, to talk things through, to express gratitude and appreciation, and really ask ourselves and our partners, you know, where do we go from here, right? A lot of us were seeking justice in our relationships. We want to be treated right. We want to be seen and understood. We want our boundaries to be handled with care. We want to be appreciated for who we are. And we have all the divine right to uphold our standards and feel that we're being loved in ways that we best respond to. But before we make amends, before we try again, before we take people back, right? Because I really do feel and y'all have seen on the main stage with celebrities that divorce and separation has very much been a theme. So for any of us who are experiencing that in our personal lives, it's like before we have the conversation of, you know, how do we get back together? Before we tell ourselves that, oh, maybe I'm asking for too much, you know, and, be, and then we put our needs aside again, <laughs> we have to ask ourselves, what has changed, right, about the situation? Has the person done self-reflection? Have you had honest conversations about boundaries and expectations moving forward? Have the circumstances and issues that resulted in the relationship severing in the first place, have those things improved, right? Last year for Libra season, my mantra was nothing changes if nothing changes. And I feel like that's definitely still coming through 
again as we're in Libra season with Mercury re-entering Libra. So it's like, how can you expect change if nothing has changed is the question. So with this transit, we've been given a gift of diplomatic and wise communication skills. And we have the opportunity to cultivate connections and conversations based on honor and respect. But we have to be willing to make necessary changes and to be honest with ourselves if the changes we need in order to reestablish failed relationships just aren't there, whether they're not there, period, or they're not there yet. You know, sometimes it takes time for those things to just unfold and for those questions to naturally and organically answer themselves. So some relationships, honestly, just need the time apart, you know, to sit with it, sit with the emotions, sit with the, the whole process of separation and taking that person back right away might feel like they got the memo like okay they they're committed to me they want to get back together with me we're making progress but we've all been there right it goes great for a few days for a few weeks if you're lucky it'll go great for a few months <laughs> and then you're right back into the old cycle of the initial problems anyways you know so take this time of mercury re-entering libra to reflect on what do you need what do you want and what do you desire in a partnership how do you want to be treated? What are your non-negotiables, right? Spend some time reflecting, right? This is Mercury, the mind. We're writing things down. We're reflecting. We're thinking about these things. We're pondering on these things. Take some time to uh, reflect on these questions before moving forward into a new relationship or taking someone back if you have gone through some sort of recent separation or some something came up during the retrograde maybe you had an ex you know pop back up knock on your door before you make any movements of taking them back really think about what intent do you want to put into your relationships and so we'll talk about that a little bit later next week that kind of comes up on a different day this week but for now that's what i have for monday empress what's your take on this in the tarot Yes, I love that. Nothing changes if nothing changes. That's a really beautiful quote for Libra season period, but for this day particularly. And so we have Mercury entering Libra to start out the week to kick it off with the forecast. And in the tarot, this is the Four of Swords energy. And so the Four of Swords is really representing R and R time for me, particularly in our mental space, right? With this being the suit of swords that we're dealing with, that represents the element of air, it represents the mind and communication. This is bringing in much needed relaxation and pampering that we may all need to add to our weekly schedules to be able to give our mind that necessary time for healing. And, you know, if you need assistance from a friend, from a family member or from a partner to be able to remain consistent with your self-care time, embrace that Libra energy and ask them, right? During this transit, also become aware of the tasks that you do that would typically stress you out, that would cause you to feel more anxious than necessary, right? Some things just can wait until after you've taken a walk in the park. They don't have to be done right now, you know? Sometimes things can wait until after you've given yourself a facial or just pampered yourself. So really get clear on restoring that work and life balance while Mercury is in Libra with Four of Swords. Um, and what work and life balance specifically serves you the best. Also, in relationships and partnerships, 
with this four of swords energy not all behavior not all comments deserve a reaction from you and i think that's a really big lesson that mercury and libra is bringing in especially with our mental space and our mindset and the way we talk to each other particularly in relationships and partnerships as so mentioned that we've kind of been seeing you know play out in the entertainment field but not every every comment, you know, needs to be needs to have a reaction. And sometimes the best thing that you can do for your own peace and your own sanity is retreat from the bullshit. You know, is to stop taking the bait that was meant to intentionally aggravate you. We've all had those moments where it's like, you know, that that person's trying to egg you on and, and piss you off, and you take the bait, and then you end up upset, and you end up stressed, and you end up angry, and you end up fighting and arguing. And, you know, your plans get derailed. So I feel that this transit will really help us to not feel like we have to fight every single battle. You know, everything doesn't need a response. And this is especially after the full moon today, right? Happy full moon in Aries. Um, that, that's really revealing which fights are really worth showing up for and which ones aren't that productive use of energy or anger, right? Sometimes it's not worth it. You need to resolve your energy for more productive uses. And so um, up your self-care regimen, guys. On a weekly basis, you need to be doing at least something for yourself. This is Libra season. Libra is that Empress energy as represented by the, the planet of Venus. And so do something for yourself to feel good about yourself. I feel like one soul you mentioned, you know, that phrase, nothing changes if nothing changes. Embrace changes in your self-love. Embrace changes in your self-care because when you have a different quality and, and um you have a have a air you have growth in the ways that you treat yourself, that automatically is gonna transcend in what you demand from other people and how they treat you. So really up your self-care regimens um while Mercury is in Libra with this four swords energy. Um, to at least a weekly basis and say less so that you can relax, you know, have be less likely to re be re so reactive and talk to people and say things. Embrace that relaxation and resolve your energy for the people and the things in your life that actually matter most. Um, and you we all know exactly who and what those things are because we've already been through Mercury and Virgo, right? We've had the retrograde period, we've had Mercury and Virgo where we've kind of gone through that checklist of, you know, what needs my attention, what needs to be worked on, right? And so now that we have Mercury entering Libra, it's a time for us to relax from those things that are not on the top of that priority list and instead save our energy for those things, right? Uh, so that's what I'm seeing to break us up in the week of Monday. Uh, let's get into Tuesday, so. I'm excited to talk about that, that theme that you brought up about, you know, what's getting your responses and your reactions and how can you not react to everything? We have a few Mars and Gemini transits this week. So fighting words are definitely in the air, but we can combat that but by taking things lightly, you know? So I'm excited to keep talking about that theme that you brought up during the week. So for Tuesday, October 11th, we have... The sun in Libra is trying Saturn retrograde in Aquarius. So this is happening at 18 degrees, which is a Virgo degree, according to degree theory. So sun in Libra at 18 degrees, trining Saturn at 18 degrees Aquarius. And the relationship between Libra and Aquarius is all about systems and aesthetics. And so we've talked a lot about 
getting our systems up to date, about putting the finishing touches on our business and being deliberate with our layout and our fonts and our colors and our presentation. But this week, I was getting, I was getting more of the energy behind why we're struggling with implementation in our business in the first place. And I think that's what kind of needs to be addressed before we can talk about like, how can you make it more efficient? How can you make it more beautiful? How can you attract more clients? Like, I think some of us feel like we're not really even in a position of worthiness. (laughs) So I think that's what we got to talk about at the root cause of this issue. So the question that I asked myself and asking y'all on this day is, what would you do if you didn't care as much about who's supporting you, about who's accepting you, and who validates your talent? A lot of powerful ideas die because of lack of support. And don't let your visions be one of those things that fall away, right? And I've been there, you know, I think Empress and I, we both have our experiences of like how sometimes it's easier to just throw in the towel when we feel like friends and family don't get it or they don't support or the numbers aren't there or our client bookings aren't, you know, people aren't fighting for the last spot in our books, right? Anyone else who's been an entrepreneur, you know what that feels like, you know, the cringiness of like, oh my God, I'm putting myself out there (laughs) and no one's responding, no one's validating me, you know, but this trine indicates that there's an area that we've mastered or gotten to a place where we actually want to share it with the world and offer creative solutions to a particular need. And we may have taken our genius for granted just because, you know, people weren't racing to us like a Black Friday sale on TVs, you know what I'm saying? And electronics, right? Trying to support you. People are not fighting each other, racing to, you know, how can I support? Where do I sign up? What do I do? Right? Maybe you even felt alone or rejected at a time when you were really, really tapped into your creative bag. You know, your inner child was thriving, but you dismissed it as a hobby or something childish because deep down you wanted that recognition or to really build. Maybe it wasn't so self-serving, right? Maybe it's not about the recognition, but maybe you really wanted to build a community around your passion and you're like, why aren't people responding and giving me this opportunity to build something, you know? And Saturn is going direct this month. I believe next, not this coming week that we're talking about, but I believe it's the following week, but it's definitely sometime in October. So Saturn is going direct, which is going to actually propel us forward in terms of our groups, our communities, our inventions, and our ideas. So it's important to use this Virgo degree to really be honest with ourselves and to have integrity and honor for our inspiration. Don't dismiss it. Don't trivialize it. Don't self-deprecate the things that you've worked on just because other people weren't verbally um, supporting you or you're supporting you through action. What old business plans would you dig up? You know, what collaborations or organizations would you start without this fear of perception and fear of like lacking support? And most importantly, how can you push through and accomplishing what you're passionate about even when you feel like you're pushing alone? when you're pushing by yourself, right? Us being in Libra season, it's very much still about tapping into its opposite sign, which is Aries, which is, you know, the Lone Ranger. (laughs) You're out there, me, myself, and I, you know? So we're still learning Aries lessons, even though we're in the opposing season of Libra. So just remember, as above, so below, and as within, so without. So that time, that energy, that love that you put into something, 
has no choice but to be expressed externally. But we lose faith when we get caught up in the who, what, where, when, how, why. You know, when is this going to happen? Who's going to support? How many people? Where are they coming from? Where are they at? How do I meet them? You know, so think of all your neglected ideas and get organized, organize them, plan, implement, strategize so that we can ride the wave of creating collective structures with those ideas and those blueprints once Saturn goes direct. So that's what I have. Empress, I'm excited to hear what you have to say for Tuesday. I so agree that that word validation and just the experience that we have on a personal scale when it comes to feelings of validation definitely echoes at particular points throughout this week and so um i'm definitely excited to talk about you know the energy of the week later on because that's kind of where i feel like i highlight um that more specifically in the tarot for today's energy with the sun and libra trining saturn retrograde in aquarius for the tarot this is the sun and justice or the queen of swords energy trining the five of swords in the reverse and so at this point in the year guys and after all that we've been through as a world since 2020 especially and all the information that we have access to being able to utilize technology and word of mouth spreading people are really able to spot the lies and unfair treatment that exists both on a micro and macro scale in society and the economy particularly and so more of us are able to set clearer boundaries when it comes to what we're willing to put up with right when it comes to the mentality and the communication style of those in our close circles as well as those in the public stage as i mentioned on the micro and macro levels and so we're more inclined now to do our own research age of aquarius right we're more inclined to speak up for our perspective and protect what we see as truth, particularly in this Libra season. And so with the sun here, radiating happy, successful energy, injustice, we want to bring accountability. We wanna bring honesty to social interactions that we're having and that we're involved in. And so with this energy trining the five of swords in the reverse, on this day particularly, we may be really seeking to bring about you know um, that energy by being open to resolution and really having or promoting those conversations that will make space for potential compromise moving forward and I love how you touched on that as well soul so this energy could also cause you know an uprising of people is what I was feeling an uprising of people and groups in the community that are essentially fed up with the injustice right they're fed up with trying to negotiate with the government for fair treatment and fair policies, right? Um, I'm also feeling like there could also be employees of the government, employees of hospitals and schools that essentially decide to leave their jobs and part ways due to being overworked and underpaid and also for having a front row seat and being able to experience how their specific industries fail citizens, fail society because of their old outdated ways of functioning and, and how the people that are in charge of these industries um, at large, you know, show no remorse and don't take feedback from their workers in order to change their ways. And so this is really feeling like a revolutionary day where enough is enough. And where, as you mentioned, Soul, you know, that validation is like, I'm working for you. I'm the one that helps to, to make this society tick and move. And I'm tired of not feeling like I have 
justice, right, in this Libra season. Um, and so definitely could really be saying, seeing a wave being made in terms of uprising of people and groups in the community, especially with this Aquarius energy with Saturn retrograde, um, uh, when it comes to reinforcing boundaries and being like, no, enough is enough type stuff. So really interesting day. I'm really gonna, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this plays out in the news. I'm not really someone that is glued to the news channel. I haven't like, I don't even know what channel it is to be honest, but I will do my best to go on to like Apple News and kind of poke around, you know, I do it occasionally to see, you know, what comes up for today because it seems like a very interesting energy um, and an interesting day for um, revolution um, and being able to promote those conversations that will help shift the needle uh, in the ways that we want to see as a society. So that's what I'm seeing for Tuesday's energy. Let's go ahead and get into Wednesday. So for Wednesday, October 12th, we have Mercury and Libra opposing Jupiter retrograde and Aries. And so this is really beautiful, this energy. It's happening at one degree because Mercury is going back into Libra. Jupiter is heading out of Aquarius. In, excuse me. Jupiter is heading out of Aries back into Pisces any, any day now. I believe that's next week as well. And so one degree corresponds to Aries energy. So I think that's really beautiful that we're dealing with the Aries Libra axis and this is happening at one degree Aries. So how can we, you know, the Aries is like the flavor, the essence, <laughs> the energy that we want to be able to utilize or tap into with this transit. And so the Aries Libra axis is the polarity in which we develop the sense of intuitive impulse for expression right that's that airy side and then acceptance which is that libra side which goes on with this theme of validation that we you know we started talking about already so y'all may not like me after this transit but i just gotta say what we gotta say and this is also i've reflected on my personal life too in writing this so this is a day for us to reflect on the patterns that we've observed about relationships and the subsequent assumptions that we've built our experiences traumas, loss, heartbreak, and even the relationships around us, you know? Some of us are in dysfunctional relationships because we're entering them with dysfunctional programming, and then the relationships become almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. We enter relationships with distrust. We subconsciously attract people who remind us of our dysfunctional parents, right? Because we're not dating intentionally. We withhold our feelings. We expect to be healed and avenged by, honestly, by a total stranger, right? We put that weight and that expectation of them coming in to save us. We seek things that we believe don't exist within ourselves and then expect someone else to complete us. We don't wear our heart on our sleeve. We wear our trauma on our sleeve and we beg and beg and beg not to be hurt again. And then that's the intent with which we begin our relationships and wonder why we're quote unquote unlucky in love. Okay. And even though that hurts, some solace I can give you is that you're not unlucky any more than the person sitting next to you who's been married for 40 years is lucky. You know, you're not karmically faded for terrible relationships. Now, yeah, some of us might have our Venus placements, you know, our seventh house being harshly aspected. So there are gonna bring some challenges 
and some obstacles to overcome, some karmic cycles to undo in terms of our relationships, yes. But, you know, we all have work in different ways to do. No one's chart is perfect. No one's chart is easy. We all have our blessings and our challenges as well. And yeah, while yours might be in relationships, I think that just gives the opportunity to really go through challenges to find fulfilling relationships. So the thing is, you're not unlucky. Some of us are just not honest with ourselves. We're not taking accountability for the role that we played in the dysfunction. Even if it's just by going into it unintentionally, you didn't mean to hurt the person. You didn't mean to recreate the dysfunctional relationships that you've observed, but we have to take accountability for that. Even if our intent was not to harm. Sometimes we have to take time to be single and recalibrate. And I mean like single, single, like single, right? Sometimes you ask a Libra or a Cancer if they're single and they're like, yeah, girl, I'm single. But it's like they have three love interests. They got one potential on standby. They got a starting five just in case this one don't work out roster, right? And two exes that they still talk to every week, right? And that's not what I'm talking about. You're like, yeah, I'm single. I just got this guy and this guy and my ex coming back, you know, I gotta just check in, you know, there's love between us. It ended on good terms. I'm talking about single, 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 right? What are the reoccurring themes and patterns in our relationships? How do we end these negative cycles? Right. We end them by throwing a wrench in the whole machine. You know, we take some time to actually get to know ourselves and we allow ourselves to actually be open and vulnerable when initiating new connections and seeing them as a person and not a symbol. Right. A symbol of all the pain you've been through, a symbol of, you know, the knight in shining armor that sweeps you off your feet. Like they're a person, you know, and they deserve to be seen as like a person with flaws and great qualities and not the person who's supposed to redeem you or save you. Right. And, you know, the, the last thing I'll say, too, about vulnerability, it's like if you're not shaking and anxious and nerving and kind of nervous and kind of feel like you're going to throw up, you're not really being vulnerable. You know what I mean? And vulnerability looks different for all of us. Like you might be like, oh, you know, I talked to them about my parents divorce when I was five. But it's like, girl, you tell everybody that story. <laughs> Is that really that's you being open? Yes. But that's not you being vulnerable. If it's not bringing some sense of discomfort or worry about, will I be accepted? Will I still be loved? Will I still be able to preserve this relationship? That's, you know, that's a new threshold of vulnerability that we can tap into. It's gotta scare us in order to bring some sort of like value, right? And we gotta just be able to push courageously through those feelings of like, what if I'm not accepted or appreciated for being myself? That just helps us align better with people who are going to actually honor us for being the person that we really are. So I'll just leave it at that. I know that was pretty harsh, <laughs> but it had to be said. So Empress, you can <laughs> help, help me here. Help me. <laughs> Girl, your Mars and Libra just attacked us. Like you didn't even give us a warning. You just came out guns blazing. But like you said, it, it needed to be said because that is so, so true. You know, that that dichotomy between the dysfunction in your relationships and the dysfunction of your choices you know the pro based on the programming that you have so like that was definitely a read i feel like we all need in libra season um and i'm i'm so glad that you broke it down in that way even when you brought it back to putting ourselves in a, a state of vulnerability because you know that's a theme that 
from the fall equinox, you know, has been brought up about being able to put yourself in intentional states of vulnerability, even if that's to break dysfunctional programming um, and and really be a bit more authentic with yourself. So I really love that you you brought all that up. It was much needed. Um, but your Mars and Libra was like taking no names just now. Like you set fire to everything. Um, <laughs> so guys, we have on Wednesday, Mercury and Libra. And this is going to be opposing Jupiter retrograde in Aries in the tarot. This is the four of swords energy opposing the four of wands in the reverse. And so this is giving you want peace but there are problems that's what i was getting um the four of swords is wanting us to take a nap and have some silence while the four of wands in the reverse is someone in your house blasting their music so loud that it's breaking sound barriers right and so this is you wanting to color a page in your coloring book but your desk is cluttered and you can't find your colored pencils right it's that same um, perspective that I feel you mentioned, so with that dysfunctional aspect, right? Um, so it could feel today like you can't catch a break, like your home feels unorganized and chaotic and that your relationships always have something going on, right? You always have some arguing going on. There's always a back and forth. There's always, you know, a reason for you to not feel stable emotionally in your situation. But today it's really to me about training yourself to find stillness in the storm. And so this is kind of like, I got a visual of like the action scene in the movie where the Kung Fu master is having to fight those evil neighborhood gang members. And as they're coming at him with weapons and kicks and punches, you know, time starts to move in slow motion. And you can see how he effortlessly deflects and dodges the attacks of the opposition and pushes their fist out the way with the back of his hand and, you know, moves out the way as they try and kick him in the face. So it's like, allow yourself to be that sensei today and any conflict that attempts to come your way, handle it with grace as you decline anything that will essentially ruffle your feathers or cause you stress. I feel in the same way in what you said. So it's like, you know, embrace the fact that you need to handle dysfunction in a better way. You need to have a, you need to change up the approach and how you're handling or dealing with things. Realize that the reason why you don't feel like you can ever have peace in your relationship is because you want problems. You, you in turn, you subconsciously want to have those problems because if there is quiet in the house, it's too quiet. You know, you can't function in balance. You can't function in harmony, right? And so be able to understand that there is a difference between being able to, you know, um, embrace your vulnerabilities um, and, and, and welcome that aspect of dysfunction and chaos in your life. And so some of us are just flat out tired, you know, of fussing and fighting. Those people that have been, those of us that have been doing the work, those of us that have been uh, taking that internal look that we were um, highlighting from Vogel season, taking that introspective look at ourselves in the mirror, especially starting off the fall equinox. And we're just tired of having to fuss tired of having to fight, tired of having to argue or trying to get someone to see how worthy you are of love, how worthy you are of affection, of attention. And everyone has a breaking point, right? Some people may be reaching that breaking point today with this transit because they realize they deserve a life of reciprocation and happiness. They realize that if a relationship is really meant to be, 
It should not have to mean fighting the universe off day in and day out, right? And this could also be in areas of work, not just relationships with this masculine energy. So this could be you having that same approach when it comes to work. It shouldn't be this hard to wake up in the morning if this is something I'm meant to do, right? And so um, as well as with a partner, this energy can be felt. I really feel like there's, again, as you know, we mentioned earlier, this is kind of a week of, you know, uh, validation. What does validation look like for you? How are you actually seeking out the proper validation? How are you seeking out um, the Libran aspect of that harmony, that relation, that um, uh, balance in your relationships, in partnerships that you deserve, right? And I'll get into what we feel we deserve a bit later on with the transits that happen um, later on this week. So I'll stop there. That's what I'm seeing for Wednesday's energy. Let's go ahead and get into Thursday, so. So on Thursday, October 13th, we have Venus and Libra in conjunct Uranus retrograde in Taurus. And the relationship between Taurus and Libra is all about romance and beauty. And this is happening at 17 degrees. So Libra will be at, excuse me, Venus will be at 17 degrees Libra with Uranus at 17 degrees Taurus and 17 degrees is a Leo degree. So, oh my goodness. Um, ISO should have never put us on to the sun in the first house system because now I'm reading y'all for filth. I see it. I see all the connections. I see where the energy is at. So I was really, mm, for this day, Uranus and Taurus is in the eighth house of the sun, right? So imagine the sun and Libra being in the first house. I would naturally put Uranus in Taurus in the eighth. And so, again, this is like some dark energy. I feel like this may not be for everybody, but maybe we know someone like this or we're dating someone like this or we work with someone like this. So this is kind of a specific message, but it needs to be said. It was kind of intense. So... With the sun, uh, with um, Uranus in the eighth house of the sun, some of us are struggling with self-confidence and self-esteem in our relationships, in our business ventures, in our wealth building. And we've been deflecting from the fact that we feel like a fraud, you know, that we feel unworthy of these things in the first place. And on the surface, you know, there's a lot of charm. There's a lot of wordplay. There's a lot of sensuality. There's abundance, right? But beneath the surface, there's a lot of internal chaos and feeling like we're undeserving of all of these blessings, right? We seem so charitable, so giving, we're so well-liked. We have so many friends, we have so many relationship prospects, but deep down within us, the desire to use money to buy and own others is causing some sort of like weight or some havoc on our spirit. All it takes, honestly, is for an intuitive person to see that the charm is a veneer for overcompensating a lack of self-worth that's rooted in what? Eighth house things like shame, guilt, and emptiness. And these power plays in our social relationships stem from, you know, needing to feel in control because we feel inadequate without the reputation, without the social acceptance, right? The validation that we've been talking about and the relationships that money can buy us. And 17 degree, like I said, is a Leo degree and it's the second octave of the fame degrees. So when we have all uh, degrees that are ruled by Leo, that's five degrees, 17 degrees and 29 degrees. 
some people talk about how those correspond to levels of fame. So like if you have five degrees, right? A planet at five degrees, or maybe in your solar return chart, your sun is at five degrees, whatever. You might have a lot of five degrees um, in your chart. And that can predict like viral fame, you know, your little 15 minutes of fame, right? Not really like sustaining fame. 17 degrees, it's like niche fame. So like people in your industry know you, you're reputable. Like, you know, if you know, you know, kind of energy. If you know about that topic, then you're someone who is like well-known within that industry. But then you have 29 degrees, which is like long-term fame. Even after you pass away, people are still talking about you and know who you are. It's like household fame. Like um, Kim Kardashian has a lot of 29 degrees in her chart, in her natal chart. So it's like, you know, love her, or hate her. And like people know who that is, know her name and what she's famous for. So to me, this says that even without confidence, some of us have risen to positions of reverence and status that leads to even more inner conflict. Why? Because your ego's thriving and eating it all up. It loves that Libra flashiness and that sensuality is like, yes, give me more. Yes, let's celebrate. Yes, let's party. Um, but it, you feel this sense of unworthiness in these experiences. Like one day it might all be taken from you and then you'll be left to sit with yourself, which is the very thing that you were avoiding in the first place. And perceived control can make us feel good, but we know that control is an illusion. People can be bought, yes. They can be oppressed by our abundance, but we can't hold on to them forever, right? Taurus is about the things that we want to possess. And it, with it being in the eighth house of the sun, it's like, how are we doing it covertly? How are we doing it underneath the surface? It's like, okay, if I just look like a great person and I'm giving and I'm charitable and I pay for this and I do this and I order the champagne and, you know, we're all, you know, in silk robes together, like maybe they'll be my friend. Maybe they'll date me. Maybe they'll, you know, they won't leave, right? Because they see I'm a fraud underneath. But the more that we hold on, the more that things begin to unravel. And I feel like a lot of us are kind of more so worried about not obtaining certain awards or achieving certain milestones. But honestly, the real kicker is that, you know, you achieve your goal, you have your award in hand and you still feel unworthy. I think that's an experience that people don't really prepare themselves for, that it's like, how do I feel worthy of my blessings? Because the worst thing is to get to where something you wanted to achieve, you know? Like I kind of felt that way when I graduated with my master's. It's like, wow, I've been thinking about this day for so many years and now I'm like, I didn't feel unworthy, but it's like there were so many other feelings that didn't really even let me celebrate a day that I was like looking forward to and never really, you know, I was anticipating for when it would come. So it's like, that feeling is really shitty. It's kind of worse than feeling like, oh my God, will I ever get there? Will I ever accomplish it? It's like accomplishing it and feel like you didn't earn it or you don't feel good enough for it, like that's something that we can work on by nurturing our self-worth, you know, and understanding that we are abundant and in alignment with these blessings because they are coming to us. So that, you know, that makes us worthy of them. So that's what I have for Thursday's energy. So on Thursday with Venus and Libra, King Kunks, Uranus retrograde in Uranus in the tower. This is the two of swords energy. King Kunks, the fool retrograde in the hierophant or the king of pentacles. And so this is that should I stay or should I go type of energy is what I was getting initially. And the two of swords here is really bringing in that intuitive contemplation about a decision. 
that needs to be made. While the fool is not too happy about the idea of starting a whole new journey of commitment all over again with the Hierophant and having to build that new foundation with the King of Pentacles. And so some of us have entire lives that we've built with other people. We've gone half on a house, we gone half on a car, we gone half on a baby, we gone half on bills. And one of the only reasons why we still put up with some people in our lives is because of the effort and money that it will take for you to be able to do it alone. And your emotions know what they want to do already. You know how you feel deep inside. You know what your intuition wants. But right now, given the fact that you wanted to leave your job or the fact that we're going through so much economically right now or that our bills are getting more expensive as we come into the fall or winter, you know, does it really make logical sense to go out on your own and go through separation and risk less stability right now? And so this contemplation can really cause stress <laughs> with this King Kunks, right? And so no one can make that decision of when will be the right time for you. I think that is a realization that needs to be had today. No one can make that decision for you. And while you're waiting to make that decision, you're that two of swords in that same position with two swords right next to you. You know, like, should I stay? Should I go? Should I be in this position? Should I change my mind? You know, and meanwhile, your intuition's like, we know what we want to do. <laughs> and the moon's just in the sky in the background. You're like, be quiet back there. You know, like you're trying to hush your subconscious, like pipe down, you know, while I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think, but it's like you, you're thinking of, you know, your, your thinking is causing you to be stagnant. Right. And so, um, that stress can build up with this King Kunks on, on day like today. And no one can make that decision for you in terms of when the actual right time is. So you're going to have to make the decision blind. No, that doesn't seem very appealing, does it? You know, of course, that's not going to be a fun thing to do. But like the person in the Two of Swords depiction, you're going to need to trust yourself to make that decision. You're going to need to trust your intuition to be able to make that decision. And if you don't trust yourself to have your own back, why? Why don't you trust yourself to have your own back? Right? That's a question you need to ask. Also, is there anyone else that you can ask for help? As I mentioned with Mercury and Libra to bring in the week on Monday bringing in that four of swords energy. Are you so prideful with this Leo energy that you're like, I don't want to ask nobody for help, but I also don't want to go out on my own because I don't feel ready, right? So that's keeping you stuck mentally. Think about that, okay? You don't have to stress alone. You don't have to feel like, you're alone in the world, right? And that you have to make the decision all by yourself. Mercury and Libra, embrace, embrace communication with people that you're in relationships and partnerships with that could possibly provide you with assistance. That will take some of that load off. Transmute that energy from the two of swords to you stressing up and your back is hurting to that four of swords where you're laying in the bed like, I surrender to community, I surrender to asking for help and assistance and support, Four of Swords, right? 
when it comes to my stability, especially with the mental space. And so know that you're deserving of support when you need it. Know that you're able to go out on your own and be financially independent if that's what you seek out intuitively. If that's what you really want on an emotional scale, all you need to do is trust yourself and be confident in your sauce because this is happening at a Leo degree, right? And so it's challenging us. We're, we're going to keep bringing this up. That vulnerability, right? What do you feel that you deserve? As I mentioned, we're going to get more into that from the, you know, earlier in the week when you mentioned it. So from Tuesday, I'm like, yep, this is just scratching the surface. We're going to dive deep, right? So embrace that. Be confident in your sauce. Trust yourself. Know that if you're feeling some way emotionally, it's for a reason. And even if you don't have all the answers, even if everything doesn't make sense, sometimes you have to go into decisions blind in order to really reap the rewards and experience that balance in your life. So that's what I'm seeing for Thursday's energy. Let's go ahead and get into Friday. So, Yes, so on Friday, October 14th, we got the sun and Venus in Libra. They're going to be conjunct and both trining moon and Gemini. So they're like loosely conjunct. So as the moon and Gemini moves throughout the day, it'll at some point trine the sun exactly and Venus exactly on this day. So the relationship between Gemini and Libra is all about communication and interconnection. And this is happening at 21 degrees. So sun and uh, sun at 21 degrees Libra trining the moon at 21 degrees Gemini and that corresponds to Sagittarius energy so like the song says right the song of the week one in a million it says about being all over the world and getting you know this little generous sample right of what's out there a lot of us have been having a lot of fun with the options that have been presented to us especially in all things social affairs so our business our friends our um, other opportunities streams of income love interests but after a while we start to experience decision fatigue and so even though decision fatigue it, it brings up a lot of debate among psychologists i did read something about cognitive bandwidth when i was studying psychology in college that either way even if it's not linked directly to decisions we do have a fixed like bandwidth for what we're able to juggle and decide right so the definition of decision fatigue it's a psychological phenomenon that surrounds a person's ability or capacity to make decisions it is also known as ego depletion and the theory surrounding decision fatigue is that a human's ability to make decisions can get worse after making many decisions as their brain will be more fatigued and it applies to all decisions not just the large or more difficult decisions so it kind of clouds your judgment after having to decide, 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 right? And so Gemini is in the ninth house of Libra, so which is where the Sagittarius degree comes in, right? The ninth house corresponds to Sag in the traditional zodiac. So just naturally, by the way that Libra and Gemini are set up, there is a Sagittarius kind of relationship or energy between their um, between this trine that they share. And so this means that duality, choices, all of the perspectives, right, all those Gemini things that we have available to us at this time are for our spiritual advancement and spiritual enlightenment. 
Think of it as the school of life. Yeah, it's great to take some different classes to get a feel for what you truly want, but at some point, our options may lack focus intent. So it's like you choosing a major, right? Let's just say nursing. You're choosing, you've declared yourself as a nursing major, but then even after declaring that intent, you're taking classes like auto shop and pottery and applied calculus, and then you wonder why you're not seeing growth in the area that you've set an intention for. But I have to say, don't get me wrong, some of us have already been there. We've been on seemingly random journeys that were super far out and sporadic and chaotic. But then looking back, we see how all these dots are connected. So if you, you know what I'm saying? If there's still an intent, right? Let's say you're a nurse, but you end up being a traveling nurse. You have a like a truck or a van that you heal patients on. And let's say you sell pottery to like raise money for your nonprofit. Like, and let, if, if that auto shop is for a purpose and for an intent, if that pottery is for an intent or a particular focus that then you'll be able to integrate with your main goal, that's fine. It can look as chaotic and random as it is on the outside, but you know, it's like, I know how these dots are connected. But I feel like some of us have just been going down the rabbit hole of like decision, 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 option, option, option. But we're not really focusing our energy into cultivating one of those things to a particular level of depth. So it's important to surrender to spirit and grow in ways that are chaotic, right? I look back at some of the experiences that I've had in my life that I'm like, why am I taking this class? Why am I working at this job? This has nothing to do with what I want to do in my life. But then I look back and see how all those dots are connected. So sometimes we do have to surrender to the process, but I feel like we can also do our due diligence of taking one thing at a time. And so um, sure, you can plant seeds, right, and come back months later. And I'm sure that some of them will grow into plants and produce crops. But if you want like a full, luscious field, that's going to take an investment of time, commitment and focus. So how do we balance this, right? This trying is like, it's very effortless to choose or decide or to go into these opportunities. Say, I want all of them. I want to go through all of them. But how can we tap into that ninth house, that Sagittarius aspect? I'm like, is this for my wisdom? Is this for my learning? Is this for my spiritual advancement? And if the answer is no, then it's like, I think there's an opportunity for us to shift our priorities is really what I'm getting at for this day. So Empress, what's your take on Friday's energy? Yes, I love that Tom decision fatigue. That's sticking in my head for today's transit. And so guys, for Friday, we have the sun in Libra and also Venus in Libra having a trine with the moon in Gemini. And so in the tarot, this is the sun in justice and also the two of swords energy, trining the high priestess in the lovers or the knight of swords. And some of us are deciding to keep ourselves from happiness in a sense due to our mental chatter. And some of us have successfully brainwashed ourselves like we actually did it, you know, or allowed others to brainwash us to believe that we can't have our cake and eat it too, right? We cannot own our own business and make enough to have a luxurious life, right? Kind of like that starving artist syndrome. We cannot have a good looking partner and have someone that doesn't cheat on us and has a great personality. We can't start and maintain a family 
uh, and have have a successful business. And so this trine is giving us blatant examples and displays of people in society that are doing what we don't believe we can do. And the universe is showing us that the only reason we do not have both of the things that we want or all of the things that we want is because we believe we only deserve to have one of them at a time. And so focus on your mindset and the self-talk that you have in your mental space on a day like today. Where does your current belief system come from? And what actions can you begin to take to really put yourself in uncomfortable positions of action to be able to change your mindset and belief system about what's actually possible for you. And so some different things that you can do is journal to on a day like today. Talk to a trusted friend. Remember I mentioned Mercury is still in Libra in the background on a day like today. Family members or partners, you know, talk to them. I would highly recommend that today. Listen to a motivational podcast. Listen to life coaches, book a session right? Speak affirmations today and even create a list of maybe three to five affirmations that you're going to recite every day for 30 days while you're looking in the mirror, right? To really get that Venusian energy, to shift that subconscious thought or those subconscious thoughts that you have about yourself. You deserve to have all of it, but do you only believe that you deserve to have one? That's the issue. That's the mental block that you're putting up that's the decision fatigue you that the the decision fatigue i feel it's feeling that you have to decide to some extent it's like i feel like i have to choose one when i can really have it all being at the barbecue and having to choose between the mac and cheese or the rice you can have both on your plate there's enough room for both so that's what i'm seeing for today's energy So as we wind down into the weekend, we are on Saturday, October 15th. We have the moon in Gemini. It's going to be conjunct Mars in Gemini. And this is happening at 23 degrees. So moon at 23 degrees Gemini, conjunct Mars at 23 degrees Gemini. 23 degree is an Aquarian degree. So there's a little bit of Aquarius Sasson (laughs) in this transit on this day. And it's really interesting. So I was getting a few things. Definitely not letting our words get the best of us. That's what Empress brought up at the beginning of the week. I was seeing this specifically for this day. And use that gift of Aquarius to detach, you know, if needed. If you feel like, you know, when when we react very explosively and emotionally, I think that's sometimes a sign that that other person has an energetic hold on us. So it's like we can use this gift of Aquarius energy to be like, you know what? I'm going to step away. I don't have anything productive to say right now. Um, like my, you know, it's like some of us are raised. If you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. And while I don't agree, like it's not like we always have to say nice things. But if you know that you're about to say things that are uncharacteristic of you, sometimes it's best to just know when to um, step back. And I think that for some of us, too, some of us have held on to certain truths for so long that there's an energy of anger and resentment within our throat chakra, right? When we, even if we're not trying to choose fighting words, even if we're just, you know, trying to express something, you can hear the anger and resentment behind that person's words. Um, And that's because there's some sort of repressed truth. 
right? And when we look at the psychology of emotional expression, something that I read that stood out to me a few years ago is like yelling means that we feel unheard. Like when we yell at somebody that it's like a subconscious trigger that it's like, maybe if I raise my voice, the point that I'm really trying to get across, the place where I hear unheard, maybe you'll actually hear me if I just say at a louder volume, right? That's what kind of the psychology of like yelling is. And so for some of us, our words and our actions are coming from an emotional place, right? With this moon, think about our moon is our feelings, Mars is our actions. So they're kind of like intertwined. And there's a lot of emotion beneath, like when someone's like, oh, it's just a joke. I'm just joking. I'm just kidding. It's not just a joke, right? <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, your jokes might sting because they're coming from a place of like, I never got to express how I feel. So I'm just going to be a little bit passive um, or indirect and just say that I'm joking when it's like everyone else in the room can feel that you're not. And I think also on that same end, there's an opportunity for us to examine why certain things offend us and why we're not able to take them lightly. Like maybe someone has a, they don't have a negative intention, but they make some sort of joke and your response is to want to fight them, you know, um, or defend yourself. Like, that's not funny. I'm offended. You know, where does that come from? You know, you can say, you know, there's certain jokes that were like, oh, I, I get it. That's kind of funny, but I don't think it's that tasteful. I think that's a little different than saying, I'm so offended. That is so offensive to me. It's like, what experiences or perspectives or mindsets have we developed that make that subject area, you know, very triggering, right? Or provoke thoughts and feelings of anger. And then lastly, some of us are used to speaking any kind of way, <laughs> not realizing that it may cause someone to detach, right? Um, or this is also like lashing out at like people in our community. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think community shouldn't ever be based on like, kumbaya, we all love each other. We all yeah, sometimes you got to hash it out. Sometimes you have to have arguments, but I think for some people who are used to just speaking to anyone any kind of way and aren't used to repercussions, this day, someone might clap back. Someone, you feel like you've been holding on to a truth, so you're like, I just gotta say it. And someone's like, well, I'm glad you mentioned that because <laughs> I got something to say too, you know what I'm saying? I think we, because um, Gemini is like the twins. So similarly to how like Libra and the seventh house are mirrors and reflections of us, Gemini can also show us another perception of, you know, duality, right, or perspective that, you know, let's just be mindful of the possibilities of what can occur when you express yourself, especially when you're projecting um, anger or frustration. So that's what I had for Saturday. Empress, what's your take on this? Yes, that giving that enough is enough type energy again for today. <laughs> so uh, as we get into the weekend, Saturday, uh, with the moon in Gemini, conjunct Mars in Gemini, in the tarot, this is the high priestess in the lovers or knight of swords, conjunct the tower in the lovers or the knight of swords. And so today is the day when you can suddenly feel inspired to maybe change your mindset so that you can change your life. And um, I really love this energy. So others in your life that are not making the same changes that you may be making may suddenly get caught off by you with this tower card for the sake of your own mental and emotional health. And it may be a shock to them. 
it may be a shock to yourself, you know, how quickly you're able to take this action and make your mind up here with this Knight of Swords energy. Kind of like I mentioned, like that snap type energy where like, I'm just done with this. I'm over this. I'm making this decision. You can't change my mind. And, you know, like it's over. It's over now kind of stuff. So this energy can bring up arguments, of course, with all of this energy that Gemini is bringing and with Mars here, you know. Uh, that fighter type energy because the tower is, is representing Mars. It can bring up arguments and potential disagreements based on with the high priestess subconscious feelings that you've either shared before and you feel like you're you're being like that broken record, having to keep saying it and not feeling heard, or subconscious feelings that you have not shared before um, that just all of a sudden end up being you know you kind of like burst it out because you've had enough. Um, and so this is also giving me the energy of suddenly um, maybe having a conversation with someone that you already know or someone new that brings epiphanies that kind of confirm the feelings that you've never shared or confirms and validates the feelings that you've had um, that were maybe you, you were feeling um, unheard. So like kind of like I said, being that broken record, saying things over and over again. And through that person's actions, they never validated what you were saying to them in terms of your emotional experience. But finally today, having a conversation where they're like, you think I don't listen to you when you say this, but the real reason why I don't make change is X, Y, Z, you know? And they open up your mind to seeing things from their perspective, which in turn allows you guys to have sudden breakthroughs with this tower energy into new ways of action that you can both conduct yourself in relationships. Kind of how we mentioned earlier in the, in the, um, in the week, owning up to your dysfunctional habits, you know, owning up to the dysfunctional programming that you operate by instead of always pointing the finger and saying, she doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. It's like, they do that because I do this. Right. And so having that conversation where you can have breakthroughs um, and sudden epiphanies around your behaviors that will then allow you to set a new foundation and, and uh, premise for how you conduct um, with each other. Okay. Um, and as I mentioned, this could also be with someone new, right? You could um, be just talking to a coworker or you could go out solo on a day like today. You could be driving and all of a sudden decide to stop somewhere and have a conversation with someone that breaks something down when you're communicating with them in a way where you're like, damn, no one's ever, no one has ever like read me like this before or no one's ever expressed or said out loud how I feel on the inside and actually got me but I feel like this person just gets me and like this is a random interaction I'm having in the supermarket like I didn't expect to have this kind of conversation or breakthrough or um revelation when it comes to my feelings and and have someone confirm my feelings in this way um, so definitely having conversations with new people or people that you're already dealing with um, to help you finally feel understood, right? Um, making those unexpected connections to new people or talking to a partner, as I mentioned, with that new approach could really bring about destruction um, to that tower that your relationship was previously built on and allow you to come into a new sense of how you're going to operate within relationships. Because I mean, yes, we talk about breakups. Yes, we talk about ending relationships. But I feel like it's also about ending your behavior in relationships to possibly rekindle and reignite 
and and form a new foundation within existing relationships as well. It's um it's not about always having to move on and you know completely leave someone in the dust if you're both willing to put work in. If you're both willing to um uh compromise with each other, right? The scales with Libra. If you're both willing to have some type of come to some type of balance or justice or fairness in the relationship, why can't you work something out? Why can't you both agree to see a therapist once a month or twice a month? You know, why can't you agree to new terms and how you treat each other, how you talk to each other? What um what um protocols for things. When I feel myself getting mad, this is my safe world, right? And so when this happens, this is what we're going to do in the relationship. We're going to take a break, five minutes, and then we have to sit down and talk about how what our conversation, you know, how our conversation made us feel. So um, I really feel like today is a great day for sudden breakthroughs in communication with old and new people that can bring about uh, really great new approaches um, to reinvigorate and bring in freshness um, and excitement towards, you know, love and our feelings toward ourselves subconsciously. That's how I'm feeling for Saturday. Uh, let's go ahead and get into Sunday to wrap the week so. So as we close out the week, uh, my message for Sunday is like powerful, but also very like direct. It's like something that came through very like clearly for me. And so on Sunday, October 16th, we have the moon in Cancer squaring Chiron retrograde in Aries. And this is happening at 13 degrees. So moon at 13 degrees Cancer, squaring Chiron retrograde at 13 degrees Aries. And so I was like, okay, spirit, like I need new insight because we've talked about this before. You know, we've we've talked about this relationship. We've talked about the moon and Cancer squaring Chiron. Like what, what haven't we like, like it's coming around again for a reason. What about this energy have we not really like talked about or highlighted? And to me, with this Aries influence, right? 13 degrees being an Aries degree. So at some point, Chiron, like the, the message and the healing is coming from Chiron and Aries. So it's like, we have the power to change the narrative about our family story and our wounds that come from our family story. So like, even for myself and my relationship with um, my dad, right? My Aries energy, masculine energy, my dad's an Aries moon. Um, we were never really close. There was a lot of tension, a lot of things that weren't expressed, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of those things. And maybe like two years ago, two, three years ago, I decided like, you know, I can have this narrative of like, yeah, my dad and I were never ever close. We never, you know, reconciled, whatever. Or I can change my story and say, you know, my dad and I were never close, but when I was like 23, things changed, you know, things, whatever, you know what I'm saying? There was a shift, right? So I realized that I had the power to step out of my victim mentality and actually make some sort of change or transformation, at least in my sphere. Like we can't always control the other side of the relationship, but me just making that internal shift within myself has really led to a lot of growth in this relationship and now of course i'm not talking about extremes where there's you know trauma or like abuse or you know feelings of unsafety like mine was just more of like there's a lot of emotional stuff but i won't say that i felt like unsafe so it's like sometimes the point is not about reconnection but it's really about processing and healing and and moving on you know so i'm not you know projecting any kind of advice in that regard but what i mean by that story why i shared that it's like I think sometimes we seek cord cutting rituals like 
we reach out to someone, can you cut this cord? Or how do I cut this cord? Can you show me what kind of candle do I use? What kind of herbs, what kind of crystals do I use to cut this cord? When I feel like some cords can't be cut, like, honestly it's like i'm i'm thinking about that more and more each day like there's some people that we're karmically attached to for better or worse you know even if we're not near them even if we don't continue to have an active present relationship the cord is there you know there's something about this tethering to this other person that we're here to learn and i feel like just because that cord can't be cut doesn't mean that we allow them to have a hold on us you know i think sometimes when people seek cord cutting it's because this relationship is taking over you know this relationship is consuming them you know it's kind of strangling them but i think there's beauty in recognizing that there are certain karmic cords that we have in this life and so think about it, even in the womb, right? It's the umbilical cord. That's what gives us life. <laughs> That's what gives us nourishment. That's what helps us download all of the DNA programs. We get all of that information from the umbilical cord. And yes, there are certain instances where, you know, they'll say, oh, the fetus has the cord wrapped around their neck. So we need to, you know, whatever, we need to step in, we need to intervene so that this cord, this thing that's giving them life is not actually putting them in danger. You know, that's where we have the ability to say, I see that this is a karmic relationship, but like, I'm not going to let you take over me as a person, right? I choose autonomy. I choose self-expression. I choose going my own way. And so there's so much to learn about where we come from, right? With this moon and cancer, I feel like this is cords and karmic relationships within our family or with our mothers potentially too, or with the feminine. So we have so much to learn about where we come from, why we chose this lineage, you know, <laughs> regardless of all the trauma, all the shit that we've been through with our family, we chose them as our, like, you know, as our ancestry lineage. But once we understand that we're player one, like we're in control, we have the ability to do what we want and express our spirit to the way that we feel like is in alignment, then we can honor our lineage by, by also writing our story and taking our own path and hitting them with the plot twist. And what's funny enough is that once you hit them with a plot twist, you're like, I'm gonna go my own way. I know I come from a line of this, but I'm actually gonna do this. I know that my family wants me to do this and be a doctor or whatever, a surgeon, but I'm gonna go and, you know, do this, do my own path. It's funny that you will get, <laughs> you will get like ancestors and people in your family that actually did what you <laughs> want to do. It's like, you don't want to be a doctor and you want to be a teacher. Don't be surprised if you get visited, you know, by an ancestors like, hey girl, I'm your great, 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 great grandma. I was a teacher too. How can I help you? How can I support you? How can I give you confidence in, in fulfilling your journey? Because I, I actually did that too when I was here on this earth and this plane so it's very interesting that when you define what it is that you want to do you'll then get met with the ancestral support so I think it's very beautiful that through this week we moved from seeking validation to then actually validation coming as a result of us choosing ourselves we choose ourselves and then we're surprised with the ancestral support and community and love and nurturing that we receive as a byproduct of healing those wounds and choosing self-expression. So that's what I got for Sunday. It's like very deep, um, very profound. I have to sit with this energy as well and how this applies to my own family. Cause I was like, damn spirit, like that's kind of deep. So yeah, that's what I have. Empress, you can close this out for this week. Yes, this is a really 
deep way to end the week, <laughs> like you said. And so for Sunday with the moon in Cancer, squaring Chiron retrograde in Aries, in the tarot, this is the Two of Cups energy, squaring Chiron retrograde in the Emperor or the Queen of Wands. And so to, what I was hearing is like, this is a day to reclaim our blame, like reclaiming blame on a day like today. And this is essentially blame for what we've gone through, blaming other people for our experiences from adolescence with this Aries energy, from our mothers, right? With this moon and cancer energy, um, just any emotional experience that we've had from times in our life where we felt most vulnerable um, and, and receiving that from other people uh, and translating that energy we're receiving into um, that subconscious in a way where it's hurt our feelings or caused trauma or caused us to hold on to certain things, uh, reclaiming blame. So it's like not really associating your experiences with, you know, oh, it's all of this person's fault. Okay. Because at the end of the day, kind of like how you just said, so we're player one, we have always had the power to direct our feelings and to transmute them in the way that's going to best serve us moving forward with that emperor energy and we're all responsible for our own healing at the end of the day you know we've all been through different situations different circumstances and you know our souls essentially you know chose to reincarnate with like you said the families that we are in in order to what learn certain experiences learn certain lessons um observe life in uh through different situations so that we could grow transcend from them um and experience elevation and transformation in our lives and so I think today is really a, a day to address um, masculinity as well. I was definitely getting that with the emperor, addressing, you know, uh, blame towards certain masculine energy, specifically when it comes to uh, the lack of presence or a presence that was um, not the, that we saw as hurtful you know, from a young age, um, or even from, from any age, it could be from your relationships, as I mentioned, um, throughout the week, when we're talking a lot about our relationship dynamics, partner dynamics, feeling protected, feeling provided for, even if it's from our own divine masculine energies on an internal scale. Um, so today's a really great day for reflection with the moon and cancer. If you feel like you just need to kind of stay home and sit with yourself, especially after such a heavy week emotionally, um, uh, from a heavy week of, you know, possibly having conversations that have shifted the way that you feel about yourself, the way that you're holding yourself accountable, the way that you're opening yourself to vulnerability, the way that you are validating yourself into uh, coming into more of a space of deserving, right? Um, I think it's a, a really great time to embrace that self-care option that I mentioned with Mercury and Libra doing some self-care today, doing something to work on yourself today that really helps to quiet your mind so that you can get more into your feelings and um, also transmute a lot of, you know, the hurt that we're feeling subconsciously into healing. So uh, I love how we're ending the week. I feel like it's been a really transformational week, a week of deserving, a week of understanding, you know, like I said, the dysfunction, the programming, as so mentioned, of the dysfunction, decision fatigue, all these things are really coming together really beautifully by Sunday.
As always, everyone, thank you all so, so much for joining us for another episode of Astro Tea. We really enjoyed your energy and we look forward to seeing you next week, Sunday. Be sure to play that song of the week, One in a Million by Neo. And check out our link tree to join the email list. Sign up for that giveaway, child. And order your Astro Tea journal. Um, You can send us a love donation if you feel led. And even book a consultation with the two of us. So follow Astro Tea on Clubhouse uh, and over on Instagram to catch up between episodes. We love you all so, so much and have a terrific week.